Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is a Thunder and Lightning Extra here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad here with you at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. He's not on the phone today with me. This is my friend Ross Dellinger in studio here in Starkville trying to stir things up as usual, the <laughs> national media over there. What's going on, man? Yeah, swoop in, right? Swoop in, dig a little bit, um, and uh, stir the pot. Yeah, you know, right? That's all we do. I'm excited to talk to you because when you were on Sports Talk Mississippi with Richard and and, uh, and Michael, it's always expansion this and realignment that. Let's just talk some college football. <laughs> Let's talk some games and some players and some coaches. And, and obviously you here in Starkville, Mississippi State defeating Texas A&M last Saturday. The, the Bulldogs look pretty good. Ole Miss looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Are we building towards an Egg Bowl with something on the line this year? Yeah, you know, um, my it's my fourth year at SI, and I uh, I haven't yet covered an Egg Bowl because none of them were uh, were worth the expense of you know teams were five losses, four losses, whatever. But this year, maybe this is the year. Um, I'm hoping this is the year that I can. Uh, that I can cover an Egg Bowl for SI because they do both both teams look look pretty good. Uh, one loss between them right now, and you look at the schedules, and you know they both play in the SEC West, so there's issues there. Mm-hmm. And State unfortunately uh, gets the cross with Kentucky, who's you know pretty pretty solid this year, and that game is at Kentucky. And then State gets the Georgia game uh, this year, so State's got a little bit of more difficult road, but you could see. Maybe um, that being like a a nine and two versus an eight and three, yeah. or ten and one versus a nine and two thing. Maybe even um, you could kind of envision that happening. Uh, you know, I, I covered the Ole Miss Kentucky game, and um, Ole Miss's defense really impressed me. They're they're they're, uh, and I don't know how much that was Ole Miss's defense as it was Kentucky's offensive line. Uh, they they really struggled blocking uh, anybody for their. Their uh, first round draft pick, who is in person, you know, has a really incredible arm and it's fun to watch. Um, but uh, they struggle blocking. So, state's got a, a chance, even though that's up there, to beat them. I really believe that. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun year in Mississippi. It make, reminds me of the kind of the 2014 year. Yeah, you know? we, we talked about that on this podcast a little bit before the LSU game. And then yeah. when the LSU game went south, I, I tried to get away from that a little bit. But <laughs> But this stretch for Mississippi State is kind of like that stretch in 2014 where State beat LSU, beat A&M, and then beat Auburn. And instead it's it's A&M, it's Arkansas, and it's Kentucky. What becomes of Mississippi State if they travel to Alabama at 6-1? and one? Mm, Yeah, I uh, I know that that would be uh, the biggest game against Alabama, I guess, probably since that year, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. easily, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that that's um, – and, you know – uh, and I wrote about this this over the weekend a little bit, but Alabama and Georgia have gotten exposed a little bit. We've mm-hmm. seen early in the year Alabama struggling to to win at Texas, um, and then obviously losing it, Bryce uh, at Arkansas, and allowing Arkansas to score twenty three straight points, um, which is a rarity. You don't see that a lot from a Nick Saban team, and you got to wonder about Bryce's health. Um, and then Georgia, you know, struggled with Kent State, and then uh, almost got beat by Missouri. So there's there's definitely some um, 
some exposing that has happened. And uh, I, I think that, that that bodes well for everybody else in the league. So I, I just can't imagine Georgia and Alabama, after seeing the first few weeks of the year, them going, each of them going for the regular season undefeated. Like, I feel like somebody's getting a loss. Either one of those teams is getting a loss somewhere. When you think about Mississippi State, which of those teams is more gettable for them? Uh, Alabama is at Alabama. It's Alabama. Yeah. So Georgia's here, and and I I think Georgia has probably some more holes that were exposed, especially by Missouri. So I would think that the Georgia game um, would be like you know more gettable mm-hmm. uh, for for Mississippi State. I mean, both games are obviously going to be going to be really difficult. Um, you know, watching the Missouri Georgia game, you're just kind of like scratching your head because you see some of the Georgia players like their tight end is like the Jolly Green Giant. I mean, it's absurd. <laughs> Love that guy. Brock their running Powers. back is just like this rock who just runs over people. It you could just like the the five stars are just popping off the field in, and they're you know they're playing like a much smaller, slower team. But they had issues with them, and so um, I mean, Mississippi State has better talent than Missouri. So, <laughs> so it, it uh, I, I think that's a, that's that's winnable. Uh, not to say that Alabama's not, but it, that's tough over there. Yeah. You know, Will Rogers. The comment I made last week was the only way he can get national respect is through wins. He can't do it through numbers because of the nature of of state system and and the Mike Leach yep. you know reputation and all that. You know, nationally, because that's what you do. You're a national college football guy. How is Will Rogers perceived amongst the best college quarterbacks in the country? He's kind of forgotten about. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, and I listen to some of his press conference stuff, and he talks like after every game and stuff, and he's he seems to be very quotable. Um, he seems to be a, a pretty good story too. And um, you know, while I'm here. Trying to, to talk to as many people as I can just to see people, and he's one of them that I would like to see. But I think today is a player's day off, you know, yeah, for it on is. Monday. But um, he's, uh, yeah, he's he's just kind of uh, he he kind of gets lost. Um, and you're right. I think a lot of it has well, it has to do with a few things. I think it does have to do with the system. So any quarterback in Mike Leach's system, kind of, well, is it really him? Mm-hmm. Sort of thing, you know, or is it, or is it Mike Leach, or is it the system kind of thing? And you get that a lot. And also, you know, he plays at Mississippi State, and that's just how it is. Like you, you just uh, you get a little lost here um, because that's the nature of it. In um, in that, that's unfortunate. Uh, but I, I think you know, he's his attention on him will come as the team continues to win. And I think that's what has to happen. You know, for uh, for him to get attention that is warranted, the team needs to continue to win and be six and one. Say heading into to Alabama, that that those are things that has to happen that have to happen to, to for him to get attention because the numbers aren't going to necessarily be the thing that does it. Um, but the numbers are incredible. Yeah, I know he's about to break this week, right? The completions, maybe Should, SEC yeah. completions or something. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I would be remiss not to ask you about Mississippi State's opponent from this past weekend and Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Just what what do you think about that? Because it's 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 just a unique situation. I don't know that we ever had in college football. Mm-hmm. He's in his fifth year. 
He should be getting fired at the end of the season. Mm. But that's not going to happen because mm. they're not going to dole out $100 million. Yeah, they have a lot of money. Yeah. They probably don't have $90 million to write yeah. the check there right. for him. Uh, yeah, it's um, probably the biggest disappointment of the season. I'm going through my head here. I mean, you know, you got the Wisconsin's um, have been a disappointment. And, uh, you know, maybe some would say the Auburns. But, but that's been... That's been the biggest disappointment is A and M, and you know the the college station media. Uh, there's not a ton of them, right? Uh, it's just a small area. I mean, they've got the Houston there. It kind of comes over, but I saw some of the stories and columns the last couple of days, and they're uh, I don't want to say calling for the firing because I think they understand that that's not going to happen uh, because of the money, but. I I seen them call for him to relinquish the play calling duties, mm-hmm. you know, and you see him on the sidelines with all the play calling sheets. Yeah. You know, it looks like he's doing expense reports, and, and that's it's, not a mid season yeah. thing. You know, you can't just do that today. No, no. Um, so that that is a that would be some staff shakeup situation in the off season, you would think, and maybe I you know I don't know if Jimbo Fisher to be a guy that would relinquish play calling duties. Um, I think that he'd that would that would uh, that would be really hard for him to do. Uh, but it, it sounds like the movement over there is to have him at least think about doing that over the off season. Uh, and you know, Jimbo gets a lot of credit for one season and yeah. one quarterback. He does, and you know, Jameis in that that one season at uh, at Florida State. The championship year, he gets a lot of credit for those those two years, and when you look at the rest of the years, um, there's the nine and one, uh, then the COVID year that he had, um, but it's just kind of ho hum. And the quarterback recruiting has been the shocking. ESPN did a really good like Twitter thread. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, David did it from ESPN and and uh, David Hale and. It was really good. I mean, it was shocking at the and you you know quarterbacks, quarterback recruiting is really fickle and there's a lot of busts that happen and, and all that. You can do it for every team, but to have to see some of the numbers of the Jimbo Fishers when he's heralded as this quarterback kind of guru type of offensive guy, it was shocking. I mean, I think it's like his hit rates like. You know, it's low. It's very low. It's yeah. it's below it's below twenty percent. It's below maybe fifteen percent. What's been the storyline in the SEC that's had your the most attention for you this this season? Also this I guess this season, yeah. Hmm. Well, I know you love storylines. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the stuff going on at Auburn is, you know, a week before the season begins, the AD's fired, uh, and then the football coaches appears to be hanging by a thread. Um, uh, you know, so that that's certainly a. A juicy one, um, you know. NIL has been a oh, thing no. that's yeah, oh, no. that's uh, that's been talked about quite a bit. I was in Oxford, as you know, mm-hmm. a few days ago, and yeah, with their big announcement. It was a yeah. big announcement. I walk into the room, and and there's boosters, um, and there's athletes, and there's coaches and administrators, and there's collective officials you know, NIL collective officials and 
the announcement is, um, hey, we're getting organized and we're going to start paying players, basically. And uh, the new world of college sports, it's kind of a, it was kind of jarring, but because of a Mississippi law change, it's pretty much legal for them to, to be involved with third parties and do that. So that, that's been interesting to watch. We all know about the Jimbo Nick stuff that happened in May. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's real issues. Uh, Low-resource SEC schools like, like this one, right, mm-hmm. are, are going to have issues with NIL. Um, meeting with some people here, it's a real issue. And uh, it's, uh, it's hard to see Mississippi State um, and other places like Vanderbilt and maybe even Arkansas and, uh, and to an extent, you know, Ole Miss, although they seem to be rallying, uh, and South Carolina, maybe Kentucky. It's hard to see the Missouri for sure. It's hard to see those teams having sustained sustained success without pumping millions plural every year for football team. I will, well, we'll do one college football playoff mm. storyline here because you're you're here to speak with Dr. Keenum today. Mm-hmm. Uh, who uh, I don't know his exact title. I'm sure you do, but he is a massive figure in, in the way the college football playoff is expanding and and, and all that. Do people appreciate, especially Mississippi State people, do they appreciate how big a figure in college athletics Dr. Keenum is? You know, uh, I think he's gotten a little more notoriety lately, yeah. right, uh, uh, because it's in the news so much. You know, the, the um, college football playoff has the two governing bodies, um, and everybody focuses on the secondary body, uh, which is the group of commissioners, um, because they're basically making the decisions, and usually things get rubber stamped when they m- move it, move any kind of proposal to the top governing body, which is the school presidents, one from each of the ten conferences, and Notre Dame's president, and you know Dr. Keenum chairs uh, that group, the top group, um, the governing top governing body of uh, of the CFP. But lately. That governing body hasn't just rubber stamped things. It's gotten involved heavily because of the, shall we say, uh, bitterness and pettiness of the commissioner room. So they've gotten involved, and because they got involved, I think that uh, Dr. Keenum has taken more of a, a heavier role. And uh, you know, I think he he pushed some buttons and used his uh, political savviness as a former politician uh, to. Reach a compromise with the president's room and get a playoff pass through when it looked like it was not going to happen. He's such a nice guy. It makes me fear what he would be like if he <laughs> had to turn it on. Like, those are the guys yeah. you have to watch out yeah, for. Yeah, yes, right? yes. Uh, um, quiet but uh, deadly. Yes. Right? Something yeah, like silent that. killer. <laughs> uh, that's how some people have described him. You know, he worked for Thad Cochran for about oh, 20 yeah. years or yeah. so up in D.C., 15, 20 years. And so he's got that way of um, silently in maneuvering, I think, behind the scenes what uh, what he would like to happen. You live in D.C. Yeah. Is college football a thing there? No. <laughs> is that weird for you? It is. It is. Uh, but I'm on the road so much like this. Yeah. I'm on the road so much during the season. Uh, but every now and then, like you know, I'll go to a game, you know, one, uh, three out of every four weeks probably during mm-hmm. the season. Uh, so I was at home like the last two weeks. Um and you're looking for a place that has college football on TV. I remember right when we moved to D.C. in 2019, I went to like a bar, you know, expecting college football to be on. It's Saturday, and it was soccer. 
I mean, I like soccer. Yeah, I was like, look, not at the expense. We're gonna have to change this. So, <laughs> but I will say, there's one thing about DC. Um, you know, it's a melting pot. Nobody's from DC. It's a right. melting pot. You got all these people from different places of the country, and so everybody, every team kind of has their own little bars. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the the there's a New Orleans bar, and there's a Tulane bar down there. There's the uh, there's a Mississippi State bar down there. I mean, and and you go there, and and it's a pretty pretty cool fun time and it's yeah. this melting pot of of people that's cool stuff ross dellinger man always good to talk to you buddy absolutely a super talk mississippi media production